Hey friends, it's Eric Hulkerin, host of the Michigan's Best Podcast. On this episode, Amy Sherman talks to Annette May. She's a certified advanced Cicerone and the scholarship director of Fermenta and instructor at Schoolcraft College. Amy talks to her about trends in craft beer that you might see in 2021. So yeah. let's talk about the trends that you did want to kind yeah. of talk Mine about. Mine are more kind of on the technical side. Like I said, I don't, you know, I don't follow trends. I don't like, you know, I don't like lactose and crap in my beer, blah, 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 blah. But what I do see, all right, here's what I do see looking at it from my perspective, okay? So I don't think the um, hazy and EIPA, whatever you want to call it, that's not going away anyone anytime yeah. soon. And that's, you know, and I'll tell you from my perspective why that that is so, okay? It's not because they're popular and because people like them. It's because there's so much research going on into new hop varietals and ways to brew with them and bringing out their aroma. There is so much research going in on that people are going to be using this research and doing experimental brews with experimental hops and seeing how much aroma and flavour can come out of this hops along with biotransformation. Are you familiar with that term? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's the research. It's like, you know, hopping during fermentation and creating these enzymes that are bringing out bizarre and different flavours in the hops. Why Why is an NEIPA great for that kind of application of hops or experimentation with hops? Well, because brewers are not going to stop experimenting and hop producers are not going to stop creating new hop varietals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is just like what's been happening the last few years. And again, this is just my opinion, but, you know, the the flavors that people are getting out of hops, this is what's drawing people to buying these things. Mm -hmm. And I really think we're just at the tip of the iceberg with the research and with the new hop varieties that are coming out that can create all these flavours. So because of that, and this this includes Michigan brewers too, everybody from the brewer's perspective and the hop grower's perspective, they are so excited to be finding out all these crazy new flavors that you can get out of hops that naturally they want to make beers with them. So, you know, this this hazy IPA thing, and, and that is the, the showcase style for this kind of hop research and, you know, um, um, it, it, it's, the, it's the style that showcases the benefits of doing all this research and using all these hops. Okay. So that's why in any IPA is is not going to go hazy, whatever. The, the, that's not going to go away mm-hmm. because, you know, there's just going to be more and more of them as more and more research happens and more and more brewers understand how to create these amazing aromas in hops. Are you seeing any new hop varietals that, that – you think will be the next Centennial or the next Simcoe or Amarillo? The next, the next Citra or Mosaic. Yes. I hope hope there's something else, you know, outside. I specifically know there's a whole lot that, you know, people are, oh, you know, like Sapco and um, there's just so many. There's so many. I don't know. When, when Citra and Mosaic happened, they were so new and so different. Mm Mm-hmm. That, that that I think those two really sort of 
they, they started this whole trend and sort of they were set apart for that. The pop varietals that are coming out now, again, they're following. People are, I don't know, you know, everyone's, um, I shouldn't say getting used to these crazy flavours because they're not because everyone wants more and more and more. But um, I, I don't think any, I, I, I don't know that anything will ever be as big again as Citroën Mosaic. Interesting, okay. In, in contemporary times and, you know, in previous times that was like Cascade and Centennial. Yes. You know, like, oh, my God, this is so new and so fantastic and, wow, we're just going to brew everything and it's, you know, and now that's been trans, that's been switched to Citra and Mosaic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as of now, I don't, I don't know or don't think that there's anything that's going to be that big. But, you know, I'm, in the future, who knows? Well, but it, right it, now I can't, like, pinpoint any one hot varietal that – is going to set as much a precedent as Citra and Mosaic do. Okay. Well, and I would or say maybe, Cascade and Centennial before that. Right. And maybe it's just, maybe it's simply because there's so many varietals now, yeah. whereas there didn't used to be the choices that we have. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. there's so many and they all have so many flavors. But the thing is, you know, you can create the new flavors during biotransformation. And that's what's interesting. Yes really interesting so because of that i don't think that you know hazy um any ipa whatever you want to call it i don't think that's going away soon now along with that has been a trend towards low lower bitterness levels as well because again these beer styles showcase hop aroma and flavor and they are much less bitter Mm-hmm. So that I think moving forward is also going to be a trend because people are getting used to beers that are less bitter but have more hop aroma and flavour. Gotcha. So that trend will continue, I think, okay. across the board. People's palates aren't I, – I believe people's palates won't be as accustomed to bitterness moving forward because of the different usage of hops now. Like, no, you know, nobody's brewing these. Well, my, my beer's got 100 IBUs. Well, my beer's got 200 IBUs. That's all gone and done, and I don't think that will come back now for a long time. Good. That's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, again, it's all personal preference, and, you know, I am much prefer a uh, old-school, extremely bitter, you know, multi-IPA to an any IPA. But, you know, everyone likes different things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that's one thing that I, I – that's one thing I see with the NIPA. Um, you mentioned um, – and one of the things I have down is either low ABV or NA yeah. beers, which I think is – that's definitely yeah. trending. Yeah. So I think we're going to see – again, this is more because of technical stuff that's happening. Um, I think it's been proven in the last year that NA beers, NA craft beer is a thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, people, especially industry people, you know, people are starting to realise how much alcohol can damage your system and if you work in it every day like we all do and you're doing events on the weekends and all that sort of stuff, you know, it's it's kind of nice if you can at least maybe do half your beers as NA beers, you know, so you're not always drinking and not always waking up feeling crappy in the morning and people, a lot of people I know are doing that. Mm-hmm. So they're not constantly drinking. So I think it's already taken hold. But where it's going to continue is that, again, it's the more brewers are getting better technically at making them, the more we're going to have and the better they're going to taste. And people will get better with more research and more accessibility 
to equipment that is needed to do this. For instance, you probably know about the two routes brewery coming in, Mm -hmm. contract brewing at Rochester Mills. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a big one. That's a big one because they have got some really good equipment. Mm -hmm. And so more people are going to be learning about how to do this better and there's going to be more and more NA beers as more technology becomes available to create this better. And the other thing that's happening within that category is yeast producers, yeast labs are working on producing strains of yeast that don't ferment maltose. Mm, that's new. So, yeah, <laughs> so this is new. And, you know, there's research and there's also other non-saccharomyces strains of yeast that are available now that can, you know, ferment, um, non-maltose fermenting. So hence, again, that's all part of, like, more technology to create better-tasting NA craft beer. Mm-hmm. So that is going to continue as technology gets better and more accessible. Cool. I didn't realize about that part. I've, everyone I've talked about the NA beers, you know, it's it's the it's the science behind them. They're struggling with yeah. how do they get there. They can make it, you know, 1.5%. They can get yeah, to 1%. Yeah. Right? yeah, and it's hard, and it's hard. But, you know, that will get easier for people the more research is out there. So that that's going to continue. And we'll get better, even more, you know, better. It's it's pretty decent now, but it's going to get better. That's exciting. Yeah, and as more and more people discover how the the, the benefits of drinking NA beer, I mean, I drink NA beer all the time, and it's not because I don't have an alcohol problem, but I'm a little alcohol intolerant. It makes me a bit sick. It has my whole life. Mm-hmm. And all my family are like that. Mm-hmm. All my family, but none of my family drink, like nada, nothing ever. Mm-hmm. Because we all get kind of sick from alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I've always been like that. But, you know, you just go, okay, well, you know, I know my limits. I know if I only drink two beers, you know, and that's all I can have. Otherwise, I will get physically sick. Mm-hmm. You know, but now, because there's good quality craft in a beer, I don't have to drink any alcohol. I still get the beer, but I don't get the alcohol, so I don't get sick anymore. Nice. That's So, you know, it's such a, you know, and so I'm firsthand with that. That's so nice, yeah. Yeah, and there's another trend that I really see picking up more than more, and it's already started. But it's the whole um, Norwegian farmhouse thing with the kvike yeast. Oh, that's a fun one. <laughs> yeah, so you know, people have been using kvike yeast now for a year, maybe two, couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're starting to see styles pop up that are actually called like Norwegian farmhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, explain to me what sense that kvike yeast apart from other ones and what makes them um, different? There's two There's two things. And, again, you know, I, I, I should have researched the technical side of it. Um, it's from a brewer's perspective, it's a yeast that's easy to handle. And, I, you know, I'll sort of leave it at that. It's not as difficult to manage your fermentation. It's quick. That's the other thing. It's quick. Um, and, you know, it can ferment at really high temperatures without damaging you know, like without too many weird byproducts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the efficiency of the yeast in a brew house situation is excellent. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is it produces some really interesting flavours and people are really enjoying it. Plus they're sort of enjoying this whole like, you know, different, it's something different and it's kind of cool and, that you know, the history of the farmhouse brewing in that region is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you have any favorite uh, Michigan 
uh, Norwegian style eels? Not that I know of right now. Okay. You know, like I've tasted a few across the board, but I, you know, there's, I, I, I couldn't tell you of anyone that I even know of that's doing it, especially in a package. Yeah, I don't, but, I, at Beer Fest I've seen them before, but in yeah, a yeah. yeah, but I think that's going to continue. Okay, good to know. You know, I don't think that's going away because there's just, you know, there's more and more exposure to um, these yeast strains. Um, there's a book that came out um, fairly recently um, that everybody's reading. Hang on, hang on. I can't even remember what the hell it's called. It's sort of brewing tradition. It's sort of a history book, but it's all about Scandinavian brewing and farmhouse brewing. Okay. Um, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Got it right here. Yeah, so the book is called Historical Brewing Techniques, but it's specifically, and it's called The Lost Art of Farmhouse Brewing. Um, because, you know, we all, you, I, everyone, we all think of farmhouse brewing and we think of, say, we think of Belgium, right? Yeah. Farmhouse brewing, Belgian house. But there's this whole huge area of farmhouse brewing that comes from Eastern Europe and Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. You know, Latvia, Lithuania, Poland, all those countries, and then all the Scandinavian countries. And um, this is all involved with the Kafaik yeast. And, and there's, you know, a book just came out about this, and people are reading it, and people are really interested and fascinated in this whole other side of farmhouse brewing that a lot of people just sort of forgot about. Interesting. That's so, that's you know, again, I mean, people are always looking for new things to brew, right? So, right. right. I think that will continue. There'll be that's a trend that's going forward as well. So basically like the, the hop research within IPA I think will move forward. Norwegian farmhouse using kvike yeast and people experimenting with that, mm-hmm. um, NA beer. And, you know, I think now that um, brewers have proven that, you know, like lagers are popular with certain people that hopefully and, and we should be seeing more of those. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, Drafting Tables Pro Pills, I think, is their second biggest selling beer. Oh, that beer is so good. It's so good. That's yeah, good and beer. there's, you know, a lot of people are doing it and people are enjoying it. So people are seeing that they're doing that. So more and more people are starting to do pills. And I've seen that brew. Detroit's got one. And, you know, like people are brewing them and I think that will probably continue. And also, you know, Mexican lagers sort of got popular too, I don't think. Even though Mexican lager, and, you know, you don't have to quote me on this one, but, you know, it's <laughs> not – it's sort of almost like a marketing thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not really – when you look at how it's made, it's not really any different to American lager, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. But whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's taken foot. People like it and it's popular. So that, that is also a trend, I think, that will be sticking around too. Okay. That sounds good. Great. So that's about it. This is so, fantastic, Annette. No, this is really I love I love your insights because they're 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 different from other they're similar yeah. in th- many ways, but they're you also have a couple of uh, really interesting ones that I haven't heard that I but I as soon as you said them I'm like yeah that totally makes sense so. Oh, anytime, Amy. Always good to talk to you. And thank you for all the foodie things you post that I copy. (laughs) Anytime. I follow you too, (laughs) Mrs. Kim Chi. (laughs) And there they go. A big thanks to Annette May for joining the podcast. I hope you learned something about craft beer and what you should be tasting in 2021. As always, if you like what we're doing, like and review wherever you get your podcasts. Till next time, this is the Michigan's Best Podcast.